Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Yeah, welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers. They can be found on the web at milwcar.com. Should be a fun show today. We've got Jeff Orlowski producing as usual, and Tony DeZino is in the house. Tony. I am back from Florida and greeted with March in Wisconsin, so. It's, <laughs> I don't even want to go there. It's so very frustrating. We'll be talking about well, uh, let's get this all the way. I was we were just talking before the show, and uh, of course they had some testing at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the um, Verizon IndyCar Series, and I was stating how frustrated I was as the temperature was falling here, and it was still seventy degrees in Indianapolis. Oh man, I I looked over through social media, and there was a number of people were texting me saying there's over a thousand people here for a test day you know i mean we're channeling our inner alan iverson we're talking about we're not we're not even talking about practice we're talking mm-hmm. about testing and i think there's just there's something about the rights of spring that the first time you hear an indy car at the speedway on the oval uh it's a sign that spring is closer um that being said you're only four hours away and yet the gap in gulf in temperatures could not be wider so. right and and it is of course yeah it was only testing but however it was you know the weather was nice yeah. If I'm, it was, and they have done this where it's about 40 degrees and, you know, maybe flurries, there w- there wouldn't be a thousand people out there. No, 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 definitely not. But <laughs> <laughs> there were even people passed out on the lawns there in turn two. So I mean, Hinchcliffe comes over and, like, you know, pranks a fan at one point. Some guy's passed out and then he starts, you know, look it up on social. I, I think he, he probably winked or liked it or something. But uh, yeah, th- there we go. We're off and running with that. And uh, we both need coffees to get us going this morning after. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> Definitely, yeah. It was a long night, especially for Wisconsin uh, uh, fans uh, with the Badger game, of course, uh, which was a late game in itself. And then, of course, well, I think all of us in a room are fans of the NCAA tournament. And, of course, uh, pools will also make you more interested in that, of course. Right. Well, see, this this is where I have to, to say the whole Marquette-Wisconsin thing, this is where this becomes a challenge because it's like – you can't really root for Wisconsin, but yet you can't. You, you don't want to see them get their hearts broken the way they did last night either. It was just well, I don't know. It's it was tough to watch. I, on top of the fact it was like well past midnight Eastern, and Vern Vern Lundquist signs off with "Good morning, everybody." Yeah, this is this is Vern's def- a national treasure. By he, the way, I love Vern, Uncle Vern. Everybody loves him. Yeah, I'm in full. I was in four pools. Or four, I thought I was. I'm I'm, I'm going to outsmart this thing. I'm going to take four different winners. And I'm down to one. One left. And it's my chalk pick of North Carolina, which which I don't think my bracket is strong enough to get past the other people of North Carolina, so I'm pretty much done. See, I, I'm in a pool, and the only one that I have, I'm the only person in the pool that's got Kansas winning the whole thing. Really? So if Kansas wins that, suddenly I might be able to vault to the top. I, may, I should is... have taken Kansas, but they have burned me so many times in the past. Right. <laughs> I, th- I think they're still scoring. I mean, at their, at their scoring rate, I mean, Jeff, you're seeing it's 20, 30 points per game. It's, it's ridiculous. They've played three games, and the closest game they won by 20. They, the other two were in the 30s. 
So Kansas is just, they're steamrolling everybody, but they are coached by Bill Self, who yep. tends to puke on his shoes in the big moments. <laughs> Very, I like, wow, that is good radio right That's there. That's fantastic, Thank you. yeah. He chokes. To the point, yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> it's going to be a full show today. we got a lot of stuff to get in. Uh, we, of course, we have NASCAR out in Fontana. Uh, it's, it, it should be interesting. We got some inter- interesting notes in that and some lake breaking news that happened this morning on that. We have Steve Sparky Pfeiffer is at the boost mobile on Capitol drive. Uh, we'll be talking to him uh, a couple times during the show today and also getting a Sparky's take from him. That's the boost mobile on uh one, two, three West Capitol drive in Milwaukee. And if you get a chance, check them out and we'll talk to Sparky. Uh, we'll also talk with, uh, Eddie Lapine who's in sunny Florida. And uh, we'll talk to him about some Formula One and also last week's 12 Hours of Sebring. Get some feedback on that. So it should be a fun show today. Of course, don't forget we got Dennis Michelson coming up next. And, though. Yep, Dennis and Lori. And, and then uh, because of all the things that are happening, we have Dennis and Lori's. Uh, we're going to do uh, bookends, the NASCAR segments. We're going to start off with uh, NASCAR in the show today. We're going to end with NASCAR in the show today. So the, uh, we'll also have uh, Dennis and Lori on at the end of the show and get some more uh, NASCAR takes uh, from them. So it should be a fun show today. We're going to take a quick break here, and then uh, when we come back, we'll be talking to Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio coming up next on the Final Inspection Show on The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to... Final Inspection Show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. Joining us on the Midwest Bank hotline is Steve Sparky Pfeiffer from the Boost Mobile from 123rd and Capitol Drive. What's going on today, Sparky? What's up, man? Lots of stuff going on out here at Boost Mobile. Like you said, 123 Capitol Drive. Check this out. If you're making a switch from another phone company and you're coming to Boost Mobile, they will hook you up with a free Samsung Galaxy phone for making the switch over here to Boost Mobile today. Plus, you can get four lines with unlimited gigs of high-speed data for just $100 a month. All that on a crazy fast nationwide network. Goodbye, Metro PCS. Be a cricket. Hello, Boost, and the best family plan ever. Again, think about it, man. It's you. It's your girl. It's a, uh, you know, a son and a daughter. All of you all can get phones. $100 a month makes all the sense in the world. What are you waiting for? And, again, don't forget a free Samsung Galaxy. You make the switch from another company. But you got to come out here to Boost Mobile today, 123 Capital Drive here in Milwaukee. Excellent. How, and how long is that good for today? All day? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the other thing, too, is I'm out here till 2 o'clock, and we got prizes set up. You can get a fan polo shirt. We have a Bill Michael Sports Talk Network polo shirt you can get. we got Storks T-shirts. we got golf balls. We got this prize game that you have to play in order to win any of this. Plus, you can have a sneak peek uh, at the new movie, The Fate of the Furious. We have those to give away too, and some random thing that I've never seen before that we have to give away: the 1989 World Tour book of Taylor Swift. Uh, if you're interested in that, we've only got two, so you better hurry up and get out here. Excellent. And Taylor Swift bag too, Zaki. Are you interested in that? Huh? Looking forward to it, and well, we'll talk to you again at 12:45. Sounds good, yeah. Yeah, I'll be here. And uh, come on out and uh, come see Sparky. We can talk about the Bucks uh, and the Badgers and how both endings of both games had something in common last night that shocked me. Interesting. I'm looking forward to that. And All we'll right. also get your your final take today, too. Absolutely. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Make sure you check him out, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, at the Boost Mobile at 123 West Capitol Drive in Milwaukee. And coming up next is Dennis Michelson. He's also we, – we got him just – Stacked up here, Tony. You were just saying it's like O'Hare. We've got um got them one right after the other. But we uh, we we also have Dale, we also have Dale Earnhardt Jr. on hold. But we're gonna go to uh, Dennis Michelson first from Race Talk Radio. <laughs> Dennis, welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thank you very much, C Man. But I think I need to get out the door and get up there to uh, Boost Mobile. Man, alive! Sparky you can hook up a deal for you time. today. You're you're in it for the T Swift, aren't you? You, I, I think he wants to. I think he Swift wants to. Yeah. Swift, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> fan, man. 
You cannot walk through a grocery store in North America without hearing a Taylor Swift tune. I'm telling you. You know, there is a tangible T Swift to racing connection. You're, there was actually a race in Detroit last year where Taylor Swift's car was Taylor Swift's lyrics were on Tony Kanaan's car. It was either last year or two years oh, ago. It had the 1989 World Tour and everything. So that's right. There's I do remember that now. Very always good. A racing connection. There always is. There's always a way to tie it back. And I somehow. think she was at and a Daytona 500. No, she was. Some. Well, she was in Austin last year at uh, Circuit of the Americas. Oh, she did for the, the concert formula, for the concert. Yeah, eighty thousand people. They claimed, but it I wasn't wanna, that many. I want to say a few years ago, she, I thought she was either at one of the NASCAR races and did something. She made it. I could have sworn. I, yeah, that's. Yeah, she's been. A, I don't. This sounds really bad, but she's been around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but give it another twenty years, and she'll be uh, singing the national anthem badly at a. At a no, no, it no. Seems like it always has to be about a twenty-year lag between her <laughs> career and and having the person on stage. Uh, just say 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 what you want about Taylor Swift, but I tell you what, she is a smart girl. She knows what she's doing. Absolutely, and, she, and very talented. She's crying and talented. very talented, and she's crying all the way to the bank. She's a walking <laughs> gold mine. Yes, she is. Speaking of walking gold mines, Dennis, uh, NASCAR is in Fontana this weekend, and uh, there's a it's kind of a we in when NASCAR is in Atlanta, we heard, "Oh, this is fantastic. We have a nice weather track. There'll be great racing." And now we're hearing that same uh, screed this weekend in Fontana. Or should we, we be worried about what's going on? Is it gonna could it be a clone to the Atlanta race? Well, all I know is from watching practice yesterday and, and so far today, um, it almost appears like there's rumble strips at the track. Watching these guys drive these cars bouncing around for all they're worth inside. They either have the the, the Stiffest suspensions on these cars for some reason this year, or that track has gotten even worse because it is just as rough as can be. You know that's interesting, Dennis. That one and, and there seams in the corners, and this was a big problem I know when the Indy cars were there. Is you know you, if you got in the wrong seam at the wrong point, it would completely throw you. It would turn three and turn four was a big accident spot. A lot of guys wrecked in turn two as well. Uh, and from a NASCAR standpoint, though. But Fontana, for all its decrepitness, I mean, this is an interesting year for it. It celebrates the 20-year anniversary this week of when it opened in 97. It's had some good finishes in recent years. You know, I go back to the Kyle Larson uh, miss a couple years ago. Uh, there's been some other good ones, too. I'm, I'm blanking on the on the other ones. But did do you like the fact that the track's as torn up as it is, or do you think that's going to help the racing a bit? I don't know if it's going to help the racing at all. It's good that uh, they're no longer racing there in September because those seams get to be like molten lava. Mm -hmm. And if you just even even touch them or try to cross them, it gets the car all squirrely. So at least, you know, the weather's not going to be obnoxiously, disgustingly hot this week. So uh, I think there's half a chance to, to have a pretty decent race. In fact, it, it probably will be uh, just around seven degrees uh, for a high tomorrow, and you know, starting out sort of in the low to mid sixties at at race time. So, I, I think we're going to have, from a weather standpoint, just fine conditions. Um, but it really looks like this low downforce package is causing these guys a lot of grief. I mean, when when seven time spins mm -hmm. out on on just a practice lap and. Of course, once again, a, uh, a situation where grass is able to destroy a stock car. <laughs> and if anyone can ever explain the logic of that to me, uh, you know, they're, they're a smarter person than I am. Because I, I just think a stock car should be able to hold up to, uh, to a, a, you know, a blade of grass. But, hey, that's just me. But I, I think we're still going to see the aerotight condition that seems to have gotten worse with this low downforce package uh, and the front splitters being so dominant. But the good thing at, at California is you can actually run more than one groove, unlike mm -hmm. at Atlanta, where it seemed like only one groove was fast this past year. It looks like you've got a little bit of everything, because I saw guys uh, way down low 
down near the uh, the white line. I saw guys way up high, and I also saw some guys diamonding the corners. And all of this coming in qualifying, of all things, where you'd think the guys were going to be finding the fastest line. And I think there was some debate out over where that fastest line was. Uh, so it, it'll be very interesting to see how this race unfolds. But the last couple of years have actually surprised me. We've seen pretty good racing. Well, and it, you know, I, I, I've always said racing should be hard. And I, I, it sounds bad, but I always think a couple cars should hit the wall because it kind of shows that, yeah, this is tough to do. And I guess this morning we had some incidents, Jeff. Yeah, David Reagan hit the wall, and he's going to have to go to a backup car and start from the rear of the field on Sunday. And uh, Kevin Harvick hit the wall as well. Uh, The four team has decided to repair, uh, you know, their their number one race car, so they're not going to have to start in the back. They'll keep their seventh starting spot. But, uh, but yeah, there's two in morning practice today. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, Dennis, too, that, uh, you know, with, with the Jimmy Johnson situation, the elected not to qualify. And I'm thinking, you know, some people might think, oh, you know, you should have to qualify this and that, but with the car counts and everything, and he, you know, he he brought up he brought up a point which I thought was kind of, eh. You know, he's like, well, you know, qualifying, I don't want to wreck this car because if we wreck up the backup car, we have to, you know, take somebody else's backup car, this and that. I, I mean, but, you know, you can just cut a lap. I mean, <laughs> can't you, Dennis? I mean, you don't have to. It is a backup car. You're not going for the pole anyway, so just, just put in, as they say in F1, a, a banker's Banker lap. lap yeah. yeah. But if you are not required by NASCAR to run a lap and the tires fall off with each lap you take, and you know already that you're not happy with how the car is handling, so you're not likely to finish, say, up in the top ten in qualifying, why wouldn't you just take the safe route out and say, I'm going to start on fresh sticker tires? Because this last year now with NASCAR, you have to start on the tires you qualified on. So if a guy goes out there and runs the three segments of qualifying to to qualify up front in the top 12, he's going to have at least you know, three to five laps, depending on how many runs he makes out there. So you're going to be starting, in Jimmy Johnson's case, dead last on the field. You figure at the worst case, you get a, or the best case, because he really wasn't happy with uh, the car and knew he wouldn't get it to shake down the backup car before qualifying. He was going to finish maybe, most optimistically, 15th, 16th in the running order. So now he gets to come from the back of the pack. The only thing is he has uh, a worse pit selection. But out at California Speedway, where these pit boxes are about as big as possible, uh, that shouldn't even be a big, big problem. The interesting thing was also not making a qualifying lap where Joey Logano and Trevor Payne, their car is very late getting through qualifying tech. There were 14 cars that were not ready at the start of qualifying, they were still trying to make it through uh, tech inspection again this week. So this is uh, really turning into a situation where, you know, there's such a narrow gap between a go and a no-go on these cars now um, that the pre-race inspection is becoming a big deal. And, of course, as we saw last week, post-race inspection mm-hmm. also catching a couple of guys as well. Yeah, and I think the most interesting part of that is the uh, ex or I guess Beach Boy Brian Wilson is taking over for the, <laughs> the two, two car, yeah, yeah, for for uh, Paul Wilson. <laughs> I, I, it's it just I mean, how could you maybe take? I thought maybe Mike Love would have been a better pick for that, but no, seriously, yeah, Brian know, just, <laughs> Brian Wilson, an engineer with, with Penske Racing, <laughs> takes over for that <laughs> for Paul Wolf in that role. Uh, but that 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 doesn't really make a big difference, does it? Especially with a with a team like a Penske, does it, Dennis? Well, he's got a really fine four hundred nine, is all I know, <laughs> and he's going to be ready to go. I just had to work that in. No, these teams nowadays are so deep with talent, and the crew chief, of course, with electronic, you know, messaging, he can still be calling the shots from somewhere. Maybe he's sitting at home looking at the computer. I don't know. 
but uh, I don't think it really is going to be a big, big deal for him. And especially, too, because with Brad already having the Atlanta win in the bank, he doesn't have to be as concerned about trying to get a good result to weather the storm for these three races that, that Paul Wolf's out. And if a guy is in a, interestingly with Harvick, for as good as Harvick's been this year, he doesn't have the win yet. He loses Childers. I think they were looking to appeal. I'm not 100% sure if they, they did, but they were planning to because you, you want to keep him as long as you can before there are certain races that you might think his influence is less needed than than others fontana i think is a track where you need you need it more than more than others and and then yeah i think this sorry go ahead i think i think that i think this is a case with the four team that on the west coast swing they just wanted to keep things the same to finish off the west coast swing and this of course a track where you figure harvick's got a pretty good shot at winning of course he's pretty much got a shot at winning every week but he doesn't have the win in the bank yet, so maybe they just figured they would appeal. And you know, it's just different team philosophy too um, when it all comes down to it. And you know, maybe Brad Keselowski's crew chief wanted a vacation. I don't know. Well, and and also his results were encumbered. So does does he t- need to take a laxative for that, or what what what's going on with that, Dennis? Yeah, well, he needs needs to get more fiber in his diet and drink more water, that's for sure. But I, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, of course, formerly a meteorologist, as we discussed last no, week. No, wait, wait, wait. Guess, you're not for, You're always a meteorologist. Don't you still have a, yeah, a, a piece of a paper on the wall somewhere? Yeah, meteorology background, I, of course, had to study Latin. And uh, encumbered comes from the Latin word cumbrous which means to impede, block up, or hinder. And uh, the first use in racing historically uh, was back at the old chariot races when Judah Ben-Hur was disqualified for an encumbered win. Uh, Michaelius Heltonius was the famous uh, you know, official there at the, uh, the hearing there for the uh, chariot races. And, of course, his kerchief, Smokius Unicus, I uh, had to sit out for two cycles of the moon. It's it's pretty famous in racing. I'm, I'm sure. The Did you have good seats for that race, that. Dennis? Absolutely, absolutely. Had box seats for that. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and 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 you have broken new ground. You, this is the first time ever that a Latin word has been spoken on a motorsports show. So congrats on that, sir. <laughs> well, I, I try, you know, every once in a while to add a little bit of. Uh, um, well. I've been told that I'm full of it, uh, meaning knowledge. So I like to uh, share that with the class when I can. And what, what's your favorite dentist? Uh, oh, <laughs> Den- well, Aspen Dental is, is my favorite dentist. Yes. Yeah, you know, the new official favorite. dentist of NASCAR. That seems like that should be the segment title, Dennis, Dennis with Dentists or Dennis. Yeah. There's there's too much of a play on words there. I mean, the driver's in the news because she's busy mouthing off about fines, and now the sponsor's in the news because, you know, you paid enough money. That is probably something Danica paid, now has inadvertently come back around become the official dentistry of NASCAR. Go figure. Uh, need to punch. It's going to be very, very interesting to see, uh, you know, how they're going to activate that sponsorship. But uh, Lori and I will be talking a little bit about that later on in the show. That's about filling time. <laughs> hey, Dennis, one quick question here, going back to the qualifying with uh, Jimmy Johnson not laying down a lap. Is this something that you see that might set a precedent? Because in the second round of qualifying, A.J. Allmendinger uh, did not run a lap. He chose to save his tires and stay in the pits. Is this something that you see uh, you know, kind of becoming a regular thing down the road here? It'll depend on if they have some success. And you're only going to see this at the big speedways. I doubt if you're going to see something like this in Martinsville or Bristol or Richmond, where track position is so key. But see, here's the thing: is here's how Jimmy Johnson can play this if he wants to. Is at Fontana with it being a two-mile track, I look for him to pit with about three laps to go in the first stage tomorrow. And by doing that, he'll get back out on the lead lap in time. And then when everybody else comes in to pit during the stage break, he can stay out and get his track position. So this is a strategy that I think you'll see at some of the bigger tracks by some of these guys that just have not done well 
when it comes to practice or are afraid of, quite frankly, putting it into the fence uh, during qualifying. So I think you're going to see some strategy at the big tracks. It'll be interesting to see if NASCAR turns around and after they see what the smart crew chiefs do, make a rule that says you at least have to go out there and run a minimum speed lap during qualifying. Um, you know, that's something that they would have to do. They'd have to set it to be a minimum speed because otherwise these guys just roll around, you know, at an idle speed. They're just going to be taking up space on the track, and that's not going to be too any good either. All right, Dennis, thank you as always. We appreciate you coming on the show. And one more thing before we, we leave. Uh, a winner for tomorrow. Boy, you know, I was leaning towards Kevin Harvick before the incident, and uh, I'm going to get off of Harvick because of uh, the incident in practice, and I'm going to go with the pole boy, Mr. Kyle Larson. I like that pick. He's got to win sooner or later, right? He's, he's, he's become the new Harry Gant of NASCAR. Yeah, there you go. I think so. All right, Dennis Michelson, racetalkradio.com. What's the latest at Race Talk Radio, Dennis? Well, we had an interesting preview of something called Garage Social, so check that out. Ooh. And also, of course, you know, if you can't get enough of uh, Lori and I talking NASCAR every Friday, we've got an extra slice of NASCAR talk uh, for you as well. So, uh Check us out each and every day. And, of course, every Sunday night for the uh, radio home, the online home, I should say, for the Speed Freaks. So uh, check that out as well. But uh, uh, always something interesting going on at Race Talk Radio. All right. Thank you very much. Of course, we got the Xfinity race coming on uh, after the show today, roughly about 3 o'clock. And then the green flag tomorrow should be, I think it was 2.50 local time here in Wisconsin in the Midwest. So make sure you check that out, the Auto Club 400 NASCAR race. Uh, it's time now for a sports flash. And when we come back, I'll be talking IndyCar racing with Tony DeZeno from NBCSports.com. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers. Should be a fun show today coming up. we got Sparky's at the Boost Mobile on 123rd, or 123, I should say, West Capitol Drive in Milwaukee. Make sure you get out there, meet Sparky, uh, and spin the prize wheel. You might be able to win a special prize. And then, plus, we have lots of... Uh, uh, specials out there on different phone options for you. And we'll be hearing from Sparky uh, from Boost Mobile in about 15 minutes or so and also get his Sparky's take in the world of racing. Uh, joining me in studio for the show today is Tony DeZeno from NBCSports.com. Tony, what's the latest at the website there? So it we are fully into the heart of the open wheel season kicking off. We had the IndyCar opener from St. Pete a couple weeks ago. Um, our favorite race that isn't in Wisconsin or Indianapolis, Long Beach, is coming up in a couple weeks, and that's uh, NBCSN's first IndyCar uh, show of the season, so practice, qualifying, and race coverage. Uh, and then this weekend, we've got the Australian Grand Prix, the, uh, the kickoff to the F1 season. So basically, with those all percolating happening there's there's lots all the preview all the recaps all the analysis we're checking in with james hinchcliffe who's done two tests a dtm test and a partridge in a pear tree this week so excellent uh, so there's been no shortage of things to, to recap cover and uh you know enjoy the ride on nbc sports uh, of course, online of course we'll be talking uh formula one after the top of the hour and get more involved in the australian grand prix which qualified occurred last night and IndyCar, I guess the big news this week, of course, was the test at Indianapolis uh, yesterday. And, you know, the one thing with Indianapolis, the first thing usually people say is, how fast are they going? Mm -hmm. And it was a double, actually a double test this week. Uh, we'll, we'll get Indy first because that's the most recent. We also had a Barber Motorsports uh, Park test earlier this week. But yesterday, we, we touched on it at the top of the show. The the temperatures were pushing 70 degrees, but the winds were really intense, 15 to 20 mile an hour gusts. Now, at that place, it's so temperature sensitive and so wind sensitive. As as, as Hinchcliffe, uh, I think, told Robin Miller, you know, a butterfly could fly in your path and that would throw your trajectory of your lap off because it would affect the airflow. 
flow. So it's not, you can't really read too much into the speeds. You know, the Honda guys think the Chevy guys are sandbagging and vice versa. Uh, um, you know, the guys, the speeds are, you know, 227 and change right now. And I'm thinking, okay, it's early March. It's early to mid-March, and we haven't even seen what spec engines comes out in May. So, you know, poll last year was, I think, a high 230, like a 230.7. So that seems to be 231. And, and the thing that I find really cool about the Speed is, you know, in, in November, I got to drive a Formula car at Sebring, which is a road course, really abrasive, really bumpy. And you're feeling 115, 120 miles an hour, and you're feeling like, you know, you're hanging on for dear life. And then add a hundred miles an hour to that mm-hmm. with a giant wall staring you in the face. You know, you go into turn four. I'm sorry, turn one at Indy, and it's two forty. I mean, it's just that to me. Uh, you always sort of had an appreciation for it, and you kind of have to. But after being in the car even more, you're like, wow, this is unreal what these guys are able to do. You know, one thing. Uh, you know, the in-car cameras is one thing I've always liked, and stationary in-car cameras, of course, because I'm uh, that. The moving cameras on me just that's that's a that's one of my pet peeves. I just hate. There's nothing worse than a car because one thing. What was nice about in-car cameras, you could see the car work, mm-hmm. and especially in NASCAR, the real important seeing how the guys getting through the corners. Especially if somehow in the old days when they were inside the car, you could kind of see them steer a little bit out mm-hmm. of the corner. The, the it, angles changed a little bit exactly. from where they used to put it. Oh, yeah, to put it on top of the car, that's mm-hmm. fine. You can still kind of tell. And now they th- oh well we can spin it around. So now they they got these guys tucked away in a trailer somewhere with joysticks. Mm-hmm. And I would really you know Sharia law in there chop off their hands. <laughs> I mean let's just don't just leave them. I mean there's gonna just I if I if I'm the director I'm saying only move move it if you have to because there's so many times where they were moving or you know they're constantly moving and, and they were missing stuff because they're moving so much and then they're playing catch up. Especially when a car is spinning. I mean, if the car is spinning, you can't play catch up. They're going to fall behind and then they're going to miss the stuff. Once in a while, they get it right, but it's just a pet peeve. Anyways, where I'm going with this is uh, IndyCar, uh, IndyCar.com has some these great visor cams, mm-hmm. these little pen pen cameras on, on the visors. And they had one with Connor Daly. And, and you know, you know, when you watch an in-car camera, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I I, I can do this. Yeah, I, I think I could do that. You know, I might not be, you know, I'd be a couple seconds off. I could do that. But that, that footage of him at St. Pete. St. Pete, yes. It is just crazy because mm-hmm. the, the walls in that are coming up. And basically, it's almost, it seems like you're just aiming and hoping you get out the other, you know, the other side. Because, I mean, it was so intense. They're going so fast. And the entries into these corners are so fast. I was just blown away. The visualization is is key with that. It's it's you need to know where to place the car at the next point, and it's and you're still going. Think about this. I mean, on our city streets, you're you shouldn't be doing more than 45, 50, You know, if it's you know five, ten over, whatever it winds up being. This is they're doing 55, 60 at their lowest points on the track, the slowest part of the track, and you're still going way more than you would mm-hmm. the other thing while topping out at 160, 170 between two concrete walls. I mean, so you, you mentioned the Connor Daly one, and then at the Barber test earlier this week, they had two. They did an Alexander Rossi one and a Graham Rahal one in there. It's a roller coaster because right. you're going up, down, sideways, and, and your head. The thing is, they're trying to keep the, the cameras as steady as possible, but it's just not possible to keep the cameras that steady because your head's bopping all over the place like a bobblehead doll. Right. So, um, and that's just and, and having been around Barber a couple of times, you know, th- that's what that track feels like. So it's 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 realistic, it's accurate, it's really cool uh, to see that. And I think fans have been clamoring for that because you look at the numbers that like those things pull down on YouTube. It's great. I mean, they 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 pull so much numbers in because it really gets the people to see what they're doing and sports that and, and series that, that take advantage of that. I think it, it's better for them in the long term because you're going to want to see more of that. And just, it's a self-fulfilling cycle where, you know, it, you keep craving the stuff as you, as more come out. Yeah. It's excellent stuff. If you get a chance, make sure you check it out at IndyCar.com. Some really, really neat video for that. If you're a fan of that kind of stuff, it's awesome. I think it's time now for a Sparky's take. We got Steve Sparky Pfeiffer at Boost Mobile at one, two, three West Capitol drive in Milwaukee. And uh, if you get go go down there, you get a chance to spin the prize wheel. So what's going on down there, Sparky? Well, that's not exactly true. It's if not. There's no prize earlier, wheel. No, it, it's like a plinko board. Oh, uh, okay. Kind of like my drinko board that I do at Quaker Steak and Loop. Kind of like that, except there's not shots on the bottom of it. That's the only difference. There's a chance to win prize. We got the grand prize. We got the small prize. 
whole deal. And uh, like we said earlier, out here at Boost Mobile 123 uh, Capital Drive, we got 105.7 polo shirts to give away, great polo shirts to give away. We got Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network polo shirt to give away. We got Storch T-shirts. We got Taylor Swift, the 1989 World Tour book. Was she even born in 1989? Um, the Fate of the Furious uh, movie passes. Uh, we got those to give away too. So come on down, down here and chance to win those prizes. Plus, Boost Mobile has a whole table of their own stuff to give away. They got koozies, they got football, soccer balls, bags, uh, all kinds of stuff uh, out here. And a great deal, too, not to mention all that other stuff. So check this out. Treat yourself to a taxi and boost and switch to Boost Mobile's best family plan ever. Get four lines all with unlimited gigs of high-speed data for just $100 a month. That's four lines with unlimited gigs of high-speed data for just 100 bucks a month all on their crazy fast nationwide network. Goodbye, Metro PCS. See you, Cricket. Hello, Boost, and the best family plan ever. What are you waiting for? And I can tell you, I was a witness to it here today. There was a couple that came in here with Metro PCS, and before they walked out, they were flipped to Boost, and we're so happy about it. This is where you need to be. Boost Mobile 123 Capital Drive here in Milwaukee. Guys in here will take care of you. And uh, if you take uh, 43 North, you just get off on Capital, and then it's uh, just a little bit east of there? Yeah, if you get off, if you're coming from like the radio station, like Oak Creek uh, Racine area, take 43 North, go through downtown, keep on going, get off at 190 East, Capital East, uh, and then just go straight. It's like two minutes down the road on the right hand side. Excellent. Sounds like a plan. And well, what's your take on racing this week, Sparky? Well, so many things. Um, you know, I, I saw a bit on Danica Patrick talking about uh, penalties um, for behavior um, and on-track incidents and off-track incidents, and it, it seems inconsistent. But breaking news, it's always been inconsistent with NASCAR, right? I mean, that, that's not something that, that's changed. Certain people get away with certain stuff. Others don't. Uh, and that's always been a problem with NASCAR, just like changing the rules in the middle of the season has always been a problem with NASCAR. And, in fact, you know what? I was thinking about this the other day, and, and you and Tony can help me out with this. Is this a problem in all racing? Is it a problem with IndyCar as much as it is with NASCAR? Is it a problem with Formula One as it is NASCAR? I think F1, it was a bigger problem than not. In IndyCar, it used to be a really big problem where certain penalties would come out. We'd be waiting for Wednesday, and one guy would get one fine, and the next guy would get another fine for doing the same thing. A lot of times in race, you know, if there's contact, one guy gets an avoidable contact penalty, one guy doesn't. Um, it's gotten a lot better since they've changed the stewards uh, last year although of course coming out of st pete there was plenty of complaining about that because the caution timing you know basically screwed scott dixon and a number of other guys so uh that's that that's just it though i think the consistency is that it's inconsistent it's just if it's, is it your day and did you play the game right and if you didn't then you know tough luck well and the other thing is you know your last name also helps too to a certain degree and speaking of last names i see that hendrick uh, and earnhardt are possibly discussing a new contract why can somebody please tell Dale Earnhardt Jr. just to be done, retire, quit, um, go up in, in a TV booth and be there for the rest of your career? Why continue to risk it uh, with the concussion issues that you have? I see Jimmy Johnson possibly working on a new deal uh, with Hendrick as well. I mean, that's on him if he wants to continue to race, obviously. I got no beef with him. Obviously, he's still racing at a pretty high level, so I have no issue there. But the Dale Earnhardt Jr. thing, somebody really should get to him and just tell him, dude, it's, maybe it, you should just walk away at this point. Uh, he's not uh, been competitive either this year, either. No. I mean, that's the thing. Well, he hasn't. He doesn't have one top ten. No, and that's because Teresa Earnhardt isn't helping out. But besides that, um, <laughs> um, but I mean, really, at the end of the day, uh, I really think for his best health uh, scenario, he needs to walk away. And Rick Hendrick, it seems like a good dude to me. I mean, I've never met the guy, but it seems like a really good dude. Seems like a, a family-oriented guy. I just don't know how you look at Dale Earnhardt Jr. and say, like, "Yeah, so let's sign you to a five-year deal with all the concussions you've had." We think it'll be okay. I just, I, I don't know how you look yourself in the mirror and do that. I mean, I know why you do it for the money, right? You, you do it for the revenue that comes in by having Junior on your team. Uh, and you do it because, I mean, what are your other options at this point if you're Hendrick? I mean, there's not exactly a, a wealth of drivers to pick from anymore coming up like maybe there was a few years ago when you had the Kyle Larson's and Chase Elliott's and all those guys coming up. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of disappointed that they would even address this. But if Hendrick doesn't give him a new contract, I'm sure somebody else would and wouldn't care about his health. See, Sparky, I disagree with that because I think the way Kyle Larson's got off to his start this year, he's going to be more attractive. And with Ganassi needing to have a sponsorship shortfall when Target leaves at the end of the year, is that a viability? Does he become a Hendrick possibility down the road? I'd love to see it. Casey Kane's a perpetual underachiever. And then you've got what Alex Bowman did last year, filling in for Junior, William Byron. I mean, suddenly I think Hendrick's actually in a spot where they have people that could do it. You know, if you just 
Junior doesn't need more than one really the rest of this year. I mean, I think it's I think it's his 600th start start this week, and I saw him poke uh, poke a note on that. On well, and, and 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 I'm sure with the new contract, there'll be out clauses. There know. have to be. Yeah, there have to be. There's no way they can sign him to a long term deal without some sort of you know exactly you know or we we keep you in an ambassadorial role or something mm-hmm. you know, similar right, to what. But, but, one other thing here, too, Tony. You said you talked about Kyle Larson. If that happens, Chip Ganassi should just close his shop and go home. <laughs> if he loses Kyle Larson, just go home because you can't compete then. If you can't figure out how to get that kid sponsorship and how to keep that kid in that ride and keep that kid happy, then you can't compete at the highest level in that sport. Obviously, he's done it in any car with no problem, but it's been a struggle, obviously, mm-hmm. for Ganassi. And he, at some point here, I think he has to wake up and go, look, either – I can do this or I can't. And if I can't, maybe it's better just to walk away from the sport. And it would suck for the sport because he's been in the sport forever. But if he loses Larson, I just don't know how you continue. Chip's so bullish on I like winners, though. So if the kid can't close and, you know, he goes, like, full driven, like, oh, you know, yeah, I don't care if you're leading the championship. You've got four second places in a row. You still haven't won. You managed to blow Daytona, blow Fontana. What does Chip Ganassi know about winning in the Cup Series? That's a, no his his thing on Twitter is I like winners and yet he doesn't he doesn't win in the Cup Series we're we're on the same wavelength there but he's not he's not right. been a consistent winner in Cup and uh, you know I could just see his arrogance potentially getting in the way of that. Yeah, well, that, well that'd be unfortunate. Kyle Larson goes to to Hendrick. He he will be a superstar for sure, no question. Well, and he is known as cheap Ganassi in in the Cup garage. Jimmy so. Vassar had the best quote about him: "There's no I in team, but there is one in Chip." that's a good one i like it (laughs) all right make sure you check out steve sparky fiver at the boost mobile 123 west capitol drive right right off the expressway make sure and get out there and win some great prizes and i forgot to mention one other thing also if you're making a switch from another phone company to boost mobile you can get yourself a free samsung galaxy in the process if you're making a switch from another phone company to boost mobile today they will hook you up with a free samsung galaxy Sparky, speaking of boost, well, who's who's your pick to boost for the uh, the win in Fontana this weekend? Kyle Larson. Yeah, I like it. There we go. Very good. We're two for two Kyle on the Larson Larson's train enough, now. Yep, enough of the the bridesmaid stuff. Go win a race. He asked to sooner. Or he later. asked to. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Zaki and uh, Zaki was the first one on that train. I hopped on after Zaki was on, and I'm still waiting. So he, he <laughs> needs to get a win because you know I, sometimes after you get that first one, I snowball a little bit. Yeah, it does. All right, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer at the Boost Mobile, 123 West Capitol Drive. Make sure you check them out and all the great deals that are happening down at the Boost Mobile there. When we come back, we'll talk some more indie. We'll actually have some IndyCar trivia. We're trying to stump the stump the shump or what was that old show they had on ESPN? Stump the Schwab. Stump the Schwab when we come back <laughs> on Sparky's. Or, uh, see, Sparky's on. I almost called it. First time this year on the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers. On the fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. We're going to change things up here. We're going to try a new short segment here uh, that we're going to do until Memorial Day weekend. We're going to do try some Stump the Schwab, Stump the Z-Man, I guess you want to call it, whatever. Stump the Zot. Yeah, there you, <laughs> there you go. And uh, Pat Kennedy from Indianapolis has a great um, Indy 500 trivia book that you can get online. And uh, what's the name of that, uh, Jeff? The official Indy 500 trivia book by Pat Kennedy, uh, a good buddy of mine, and uh, he's got a lot of a lot of neat things on there. Um, trivia going dating all the way back to 1909. So Jeff is going to throw out a couple of random questions for me and Tony, and we're going to see what we can do here. All right, question one: Name two winning drivers who fa- whose faces appear on the Borg Warner Trophy, but never led a lap in the 500. Joe Boyer, Laura Corum, Floyd Davis, and Floyd Roberts. You need to pick two. Two. Oh, that's easy then. Uh, it would be, uh, I would say Corum and. Um, Corum and Roberts would be. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
That's, Cormier that's Roberts. My, that's my pick. And uh, it's going to be uh, the guy from 41. Uh, what what in, who are the guys? Boyer, Floyd Davis. Or Floyd Davis. Corum and Davis. Yeah. That's that's the winner there. So one point for Steve. Oh, I did get it. Oh. In 1955, for whom was Bill Vukovic driving when he was fatally injured in a multi-car crash while leading and attempting to win his third consecutive 500. Lindsey Hopkins. Lindsey Hopkins. He's driving a Curtis Craft Roadster, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, with with Bill Vukovic, uh, he made a race in 51 in an old dirt car. wasn't wasn't spectacular. 52, he came back in a new Roadster uh, driving for uh, Howard Keck and was leading a race with about nine laps to go, and a suspension steering arm broke. He hit the wall. And they just, back then, you would just leave the car up against the wall. <laughs> they just kept on running the race. And there's Vuki sitting on the wall, and they're still racing. Uh, so he was leading. He crashed. 53 dominated. 54 he dominated. 55 he qualified fifth, I believe. Uh, Keck had got out of the business because uh, the IRS said you couldn't, it, you can't use it as a tax write. And it was him and um, um, uh, Jack. Uh, not Jack Hinkle. That's who he was driving for. Uh, I'm having a brain fart. I I always guess Akajanian or Agabashian, <laughs> but that's that's not Jack accurate. McGrath. Him and Jack McGrath had a great dice for lead. Uh, Jack Jack McGrath was running nitrous. And to Cac- keep Cactus up, Jack, right? Uh, no, it's Cactus Jack Turner. <sighs> but anyways, Showing so he's youth. running nitrous in the car, and then everybody could smell he's running. And Vukovic knew, too, because whenever he'd get behind him, his eyes started to burn. <laughs> so he pushed Jack, knowing that the engine would eventually blow, and that's what happened. He, the engine blew, and then coming a couple laps later, coming off a of turn two, uh, Roger Ward broke an axle. Cars sliding all over, and cars are spinning all over. So Vukovic sees an opening towards the outside wall, and unfortunately Johnny Boyd had spun in front of him, and he was in a new low slung roadster. He went right up the tail of it and ended up uh, cartwheeling back on the other side of the wall and wow. crashed to his death, unfortunately. Wow. All right. What radio announcer who called the race from 1952 to 1976 first used this phrase before commercials? Please stay tuned to the greatest spectacle in racing. Sid Collins. Sid Collins. Great job. I'm so proud of you, Tony. That made me so happy. <laughs> uh, what driver started in the second position in 1998, 99, and 2001 and started from the pole in 2000? Billy Boat, Kenny Brack, Ari Leyendyke, or Greg Ray? Greg Ray. I'll say Boat. Greg Ray. Ooh. Greg Ray. What former Rookie of the Year had the nickname Turtle? Fabrizio Barbaza. 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 All right. Leave it to the Italian guy to correct that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Phil uh, Giebler, Jim Hickman, or Randy Lanier? The I, Turtle. I would say Giebler. Um, I'm going to go Barbaza for that one. Yeah, you're right oh, again. Look at that. Oh. Holy cow. Oh, boy. You want to file an appeal? I'm no, asking the no, Italian no, guy Italian <laughs> questions here. In 1992, the pole sitter crashed on the parade lap as a result of cold temperatures and yeah, tires. Sh- Tony Who should know this. Roberto Guerrero. Yeah. The yeah. Breaker State car. That is That was correct. Everybody thought, oh, I can't believe he did it. But when, like, 17 other cars crashed that day, I guess it was, you know... So it was, suddenly it's like, hey, yeah. I, I, I got out early. you know. Right, exactly. You know, so. And I didn't break my legs. All right, well, let's stick with Rex. In 1970, who lost control of his car just prior to the start due to a half-shaft oh, failure? I got this one. This failure resulted in a brief red, red flag situation before the race even started. It's interesting side note because red flags were very, very rare back then. They, they never stopped the race for Rex or anything. And uh, for a red flag to occur, it was like whoa, you know. But but this was because uh, it came out of turn four, and they and the race hadn't really started. They were about to wave the green flag, and they thought, let's red flag and just just redo it. So, but it was Jim Malloy from Denver, Colorado. That is right. All right. Oh God, thank God I didn't watch this race. In what year were the final one hundred miles run under yellow due to rain? 1926, 40, 75, or 76? 
100 miles what run under two? yellow. 1926, 1940, 1975. I'll say 26. 75. 1940. Ooh. 1940. I could have sworn 75. Or was it 73 that was a heavy rain year? Well, they were. Yeah, it took three days to do that race yeah. in 73. 76 was the shortest. They only ran 100 right. laps. One more? Yeah, sure. In 1927, defending champion Frank Lockhart was leading at 120 laps when his engine threw a connecting rod that ended his chances of becoming the first repeat winner. After getting out of his car, what did he ask for? A beer, a Coke, a hot dog, or milk? Wow. I'll say a beer. Got to be a beer. Hot dog. Hot dog. He was hungry. <laughs> Frank Hot Dog Lockhart. I don't yeah. know if that was his nickname the 90 years ago, but, you know, whatever. He's not Louis Meyer, so I knew that wasn't milk. <laughs> <laughs> and that was buttermilk, too. Ugh. All right, one more. What, right. what was Al Sr.'s 1987 winning race car number? No. 25. Mm-hmm. Yep. 25. Uh, the powerful Novi engine was named after what? An airplane, a bird, a place in Michigan, or a helicopter? A place in Michigan. Supposedly it was uh, the exit was number number six in Roman numerals. All right. You guys did great. Novi. 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 The famous Novi. It was an engine that was designed uh, in 1940, 41. And, uh, in fact, a friend of mine owns the original one and out in California. And it when it was one of these engines that was a very fast and one to pull a bunch of times in the fifties and it ran in, and then it had some issues in the late fifties. Didn't make the race for like five years in a row. And then Andy Granatelli took over and he at the time owned Paxton superchargers and he did a lot of land speed records and they were able to, uh, with, with the, with the new Paxton supercharger and that they were able to get some added horsepower and get some, some reliability out of it. And then, uh, Bobby Unzer actually made his uh, rookie start in a Novi in 1963. Nice. Yeah. Nice. If you want to hear it, if you go on YouTube uh, and put in Bobby Unzer Novi, there's a, a radio recording. Somebody actually ran some tape of it running in practice. Hmm. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll run that towards the end of the show. That'll be a good tease. Sounds good. If we can find it. Hopefully it's still out there. Uh, it's time now for a sports flash with Jeff Orlowski on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 